it's your brain just tricking you. Oh, that's good. That's a, you know, a double cheeseburger, even though it's an eyeball. These games, Adam, you were eating sandwiches at ah! Dan's house instead of practicing. You drove all the way from 120 out. You must really like Coke. And I was like, yeah, I really like Coke. And I told the story. I can see you. There we go. All right. <laughs> Sorry, my computer just got dumb. It, it hadn't been rebooted in ages, so it was uh, pissed. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful face. You're How's it going, good. man? I'm, I'm all right. <laughs> I'm all right. How are you? I, I'm going to like to- full full disclosure. Uh. I really feel like first off that these are turning into like my therapy sessions, which I mean, that's a good, like that's, I'll take that. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, it's, it's as good as therapy for me. So that's one, yeah. uh, but like total disclosure, I don't know what it is, but I got really emotional when I got home and uh, yeah. So <laughs> I ate a big piece of cake. So <laughs> Uh, hopefully that'll cheer me up a little bit and, uh, yeah, everything will be all right. But yeah, just, just so you know, that's like on the horizon. Okay. You mean you got, um, like, um, like sad or just overwhelmed or just like, I mean, just like, I don't know, emotional. I haven't been like that in a, in, in a long time. And, uh, I was really worried that it was going to be me, uh, finally like dealing with my dad and my stepmom passing. Oh God. Uh, but was like worried that that's what it was going to be. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, but hopefully that's, that's not what it is. So, uh, hopefully I won't be, I, I, I won't be, uh, I won't be emotional in during this episode. So, well, do you want to steer into it or steer away? Because I oh no 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 let's just <laughs> let's just uh, no we're fine we'll um we'll just push forward and be all right all right so, all right well um, do you, so do you want to talk about what you've been up to you want to maybe <laughs> move move past that for a while or I, I'm up for oh, whatever no. you are I I'm no, not a licensed um, therapist but I I am a, a longtime friend so I'm happy to. Uh, just know what's going on with you. It's it's been longer than usual since we've talked. Um, just the way that life has gone, and this one will go up. Um, with a little luck in a handful of days, you know, be kind of current. Handful of days, yeah. Um, which is wow. Uh, I would really love to get to the point where, of comfort, where we just talk for two hours and like you put the like, you know, the like the like fade in and the fade out. Yeah, and that's it. Yeah, and like I, that's the like level of editing that we do. Yeah. You know, I think that I think we'll get there. My my experience yeah. with podcasts that have been on for a long time is that they kind of get better at self editing and such along the way. Yeah. So, um, 
yeah, no, I, I've been up to, uh, I've been up to a lot, uh, you know, we're over the halfway mark on the whole 30. Yes. That's, that's enough to make you emotional as I understand yeah. it. You know, the, the way that food works in our bodies. This is in the, well, okay. Here's case in point, And this is no joke. Like I, this was part of my breakdown, uh, when I was with Ash was like 50 minutes of my 90 minute drive home today. I thought about how bad I wanted a Coca-Cola Oh, like, and like what it would taste like. And like, uh, it, uh, uh, I mean, I, I don't for, know. For like, our it, listeners, you have a tattoo. Yeah, I have a Coca Cola tattoo, <laughs> and in my age, like I, I, I really burned myself out on Coca Cola, both literally, like the literal Coca Cola, like drinking it, uh, and just with the the part of my persona. So now in my adulthood, this is awesome that I get to say this to an actual cabin kid. Uh, <laughs> so now in my adulthood, when somebody is like, why, uh, is that a Coca-Cola tattoo? That's usually the first thing they say, like it's anything else. Like I, <laughs> I would, I've never, it, it's on the list of the most record. It's the most recognizable logo in the world. Like I, I think I read that statistic somewhere. And so but it's always, is that a Coca-Cola tattoo? No, it's fucking Mother Teresa. Like, what do you expect it is? Like, yes, it's Coca-Cola. Do you like Coke? Nope. Hate it. <laughs> Hate it. Uh, But like, usually if it's like a legitimate question, it's like, well, what made you get a Coca-Cola tattoo? And uh, I always say like, it reminds me of the time period of my life that I got it and the people that I had surrounded myself with at that time. And it was all you guys. Like, oh, it was all wow. you guys. That's awesome. So for, for me to hear, <laughs> hopefully yeah. it's awesome for you to have. Uh, and no, and it is, uh, and that's le- the legit truth. Like I love seeing it cause it makes me think of the cabin and think of all, everybody. Uh, but, um, for listeners, like there was a, uh, there was a time period in my life where one, the only source of fluid intake into my body that I'd like other than beer was Coca-Cola. I just didn't drink water. And it was like the go-to present. I finally had to tell my family I got <laughs> to like, I was like 25 or something. I finally had to say, I like other things no, you don't have to get me any more Coca-Cola stuff. Like I have, and I have slowly over the years, like purging when I moved to Hawaii and all those different things. Like I, I, I've whittled down that collection, but I'll never get rid. I'll never be able to get rid of the tattoo, obviously. Uh, but it also, like I got it in the height of that time period, right? Like uh, right at the end of the summer, wait, like that, it was the summer between my junior and senior year. And it was the summer after the bulk of the cabin kids senior year, because they were all like the bulk of them was ahead of me. And then you were ahead of them one year. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, uh, and so, uh, then I turned 18. So everybody kind of like 
the summer is over. Like I turned 18 at the end of summer and everybody has now gone their respective ways to college or work or military or what have you. And it's just like me and, and oh shit. I said his first and last name, but me, me and Dano and, uh, me and him and his future wife slash ex-wife all went to get my Coca-Cola tattoo. Oh, I didn't know uh, that. I'd never heard so that. It was like the tail end of like that great, amazing summer. And I, the, the piece of my persona that was connected with Coca-Cola, it was, embraced and then just exaggerated by the cabin people. Like there's no other way to say, you know, so like that, that piece of me came from, that was a literal piece that evolved from the cabin, uh, that I can trace its roots back to the cabin. I can trace its roots back to the first night that Coca-Cola was associated with me at the cabin and Whoa. it was like well, you gotta tell the story i don't i mean you've alluded to I mean, this but i, I never it, realized that kind of separation um you would talk about sometimes <laughs> is that the same persona you would attach to the name you use on the show uh, palmer or is that oh yeah absolutely 100 percent. um all of that foundation was laid that summer at the cabin so start with like, that. Uh, start with that encounter that first night that you remember the association of Coke and the persona that would that would develop that you described. Um. Well, so the party that when Twinkie was on that we talked about, where it was all the people that were there in the whole field, like as the quote unquote first cabin night. That was the bulk of the cabin kids. That was the last, their last day of their senior year party essentially like their senior, like their senior party was what mm-hmm. that was. And then it just, that kicked off the summer. And so then that became, let's go to the cabin every weekend. If I'm remembering this right, that's essentially how it worked out. So this would have been, uh, this would have been very early on. I'm, I mean, to the point that, Really, the the Smithville girls weren't really coming out there yet. It was still mm-hmm. just kind of like the male contingent uh, of the cabin kids, the of the Ritman males. Like that, that's was pretty much all that was out there. Like, and so, and I remember there, we were so ill prepared, like. The Smithville girls did happen to come out that night. They just weren't a regular established like attendees of the cabin yet. You came out. It was one of the first times you were playing guitar out there. Mm. And then, but we were so ill prepared. We had nothing like we had. We had no provisions whatsoever. (laughs) and. Uh, I, I smoked, nobody else smoked. That was how early on this was. Like it was, it was a novelty to them. Like, oh my gosh, Palmer's smoking. Like, you know, like, 
That's where you got your nickname, uh, uh, Chimney. Did people Chimney, really call yeah. you Chimney a lot at that time or not so much? No, no. And Chimney never really even took off, though. I, I wouldn't even say... I If I was going to say what my nickname was at the cabin, it would be Palmer. Like, yeah. that's... Yeah. You know? Um, but that's where that persona picked up. I, and I think the smoke... Like, they say, like, Oh, you know, smoking's not cool or anything like that. Like, I feel like that was my in with the cabin guys. Like, like they were like, he's like, oh, he's so badass that he smokes. Like, I don't want to, like, I don't want to put words in their mouth or anything like that. But I just remember them think like they genuinely treated it like a novelty to so much so that uh, this is another distinct memory sidebar on a sidebar. <laughs> Uh, that's our that, that's our offshoot podcast. <laughs> yeah, sidebar on a sidebar. Yeah. <laughs> like, listen, we're so epic. Our sidebars have sidebars. That's what, like, uh, so, um, what did I say? What was I saying? Uh, smoking is badass. <laughs> oh yeah, smoking is badass. And so, but another memory. So you brought up when we talked about. When we were talking about the cabin, the trip to Highland Theater to see Gone with the Wind and how oh, yeah. that was absolutely ruined for you. <laughs> During the intermission of that movie, I was like, I'm going out for a smoke. And like Bauman and Crams and Dano and like they're in uh, Corey, I think. Like their faces like lit up and they were like, <laughs> we're going to go out for a cigarette, a smoke break too. And so like, cause it was intermission. And so I go out and Krams was, and then they of course were all like, can we have a cigarette? And so <laughs> I was like, yeah, sure. And so up to that point, uh, if anything was smoked, it was cigars, right? And yeah. Swisher sweets, like those big, fat, disgusting Swisher sweets. <laughs> is what a lot of them smoked and they would at like a like like they were a tow truck driver <laughs> in a detective hour long television show they would hold it as far back in their molars as they could that was how they would hold these cigars and like chew on them while they smoked them i just remember they would like while they were smoking cigars at the cabin there would be a good like 3 or 4 inches of just like slime on the <laughs> Yeah. On the cigars because they were holding them in the side of their mouth and their molars. <laughs> and so now we're at Highland Theater. We're at intermission for uh Gone with the Wind. Dave is pissed, apparently. <laughs> I had no idea. And uh they all bum like four of them bum a cigarette bum cigarette each off of me. <laughs> and I give Cramps I this is so funny. I give Cramps a cigarette and he puts it. Back in his <laughs> in his molars like he did, like he would with a cigar, and he goes to pull it out, and it had stuck to his cheek, and then broke, and was like all gross and like tobacco-y. and he's and I was like, you don't put it back there. That that's it's not a cigar, and so I gave him another one and show and and I really feel like I feel like a lot of those cabin guys that did smoke some of like a good portion of them later in life like got in serious fights with significant <laughs> others over smoking yeah 
And I feel like I exposed all of them. Like, like, you know, the, the, like the PSAs for parents, like watch out for these friends. Cause they'll expose your kids <laughs> to this stuff. Yeah. I was that fucking kid. <laughs> like they all started smoking. I think I feel like because of me, not because I made it look cool just because I was, it was accessible through me. That was the, um, the first time. Yeah. I think with yeah. each of them though, the pumps and crams, both would smoke regularly. There was there was some other time in their life where it became a habit, like years later. So yeah, if yeah, yeah, but but yeah, as the first time, that's amazing about the putting it in the back of the the molars. Yeah, do you I can, remember what I'm talking about? Oh, like, sure, you know yeah. what I'm talking. I'm sure yeah. I did it as well. Like I would occasionally smoke those uh, yeah. cigars as well, and um, but the one with crams and the cigarette. <laughs> Like he pulled it out and like half the cigarette was just slobber. And I'm like, oh, dude, that you're not going to be able to smoke that like you. And uh, (laughs) all right. So then back to this cabin night. So it's one of the first nights that the Smithville girls are out there. It's one of the first nights that you're playing out there. There's not a huge group of people out there. It's it's pretty small, but we're all sitting around the fire and that's like. There's like the fire, your guitar. Jackson had a peanut butter sandwich in his pocket. <laughs> because that started a huge fucking fight. Like a huge, like, like, dude, why didn't you bring ones for everybody? You know, we're coming out here. You know where we're going. If you wanted to eat, you should have brought something. I brought something. Can you hear him say that? Like I, I heard that so many times. I can almost say it verbatim. Like you knew we were coming out here, and we've done this a lot. Like almost every time. Like just bring something, you know. That, that um, the sandwich thing would go on for years because I think ultimately found out later. Like Jacko must have some kind of low blood sugar. He's still very thin, and he has to eat. And sometimes all he'll the time, pass yeah. Out. yeah. But um. <laughs> there during the a few years later during the sort of time when we were all a bunch of those guys and me were playing in a band we called Steve at around age 21 there's a couple of shots in the documentary of Cram smoking and it still looks like he doesn't know how yeah <laughs> and yes. there's a there's an argument between the him and Jacko about eating about painting at Danos <laughs> eating sandwiches <laughs> and then even in the commentary for the we made a dvd of a documentary because course <laughs> but there's a fight on the commentary track to the dvd where he screams at him you were eating sandwiches at Dan's house <laughs> instead of practicing Oh, uh, <laughs> so, is like mocking and pretending to eat a sandwich. I'm going like a god of painting to do today. <laughs> so <laughs> that evi- that night was evidently <laughs> the start of so many things. Oh, that's I'm gonna pass out from laughing at this. <laughs> oh, oh, that's funny. That's so great. so. <laughs> um. At that that night, we're there, and that's all that's there is just like warm bodies, a fire, and a guitar. And I re- I remember like I'm three or four hours in. I'm 
three quarters of a pack of cigarettes smoked. <laughs> and my throat is just like on fire. And I'm like, I got to I got to get something. And so I was like, I'm going to run in to town. I'll be back. And I drove all the way to stop and go. Like, I didn't say, you know what? I don't, I think that was part of it. Like I just left and I drove all the way in from the cabin to Ritman, which was like a 10 minute drive. Yeah. Yeah. All the way to stop and go. And I bought one twenty ounce of Coca-Cola and then drove all the way back to the cabin. And then like, they were like, Oh, did you have that in your car? And I was like, no, I went, I went to stop and go and got it. And they were like, you drove all the way for one twenty ounce. You must really like Coke. And I was like, yeah, I really like Coke. And I told the story about how we used to be a Pepsi, Pepsi family. When I was growing up, we were a Pepsi family. And I remember at like at one point saying to my mom, I was like, listen, Coke tastes way better than Pepsi. So just start <laughs> buying Coke now. And she did. And we switched to a Coke family. And ever since then, that's what I drank was Coca-Cola. That's amazing. That reminds and me you, of that scene. And it's a cut scene, an American movie where, he, where Mark Forchard's pulling into Burger King. And he yeah. goes, I used to go... <laughs> I always go to McDonald's or I never go to, or he's like, I never used to go to Burger King because Burger King had Pepsi and fuck that. (laughs) He's like, I remember that. Because this is, this is why this is burned into your head because that night coming back to that night, that because I latched on to, I am a self-proclaimed attention whore. Like, and that was like that, that attention because they were like it was just positive they were just like oh my gosh he must really like coke like oh he likes coke (laughs) so i was like then i was like i'm gonna take like coke's gonna become my thing and then it evolved into this thing and then that's but it wasn't just like me though we all shared that like because I remember you pointing out that scene, like there's this great scene with, uh, I remember you doing almost that same exact Probably, thing yeah. <laughs> back then and watching that scene and uh, everybody, everybody, I like, I remember like Coke kind of just per, I mean, there's a whole ch- Coke chapter in the book, right? Isn't there? Oh like yeah. Coke and picture? yeah, uh, I'll have to, maybe I'll put some, uh, some pictures if there's especially some with blurred out people or me, I can put in there. There was a Coke chapter yeah. in the photo book we made of that time. There's a Coke segment in the Palmer's picks video, which is uh, on our yep. YouTube page. <laughs> and yep. uh, that was a regular part of the Palmer's picks show. That was a big part uh, of the culture at of LWSD Pod. Yeah, at YouTube uh, and at LWSD Pod on Twitter. Uh, by the way, that LWSD stands for Long Walk Short Drink. Welcome to Long Walk Short Drink. This is Palmer. Yes, sir, this is Dave. <laughs> Podcasting to you live from Dayton and Northfield, Minnesota, Ohio, All and right. Minnesota, re- re- uh, respectively. <laughs> Welcome. And if everything like flows. This is this is crazy, Dave, because we're actually getting we're coming up to where we will be we could be topical. We could almost be topical on the oh, show yeah. regularly. Yeah. We, I know, yeah, it's uh, kind of fun. Because if you're if everything goes right, this episode should air on this sh- you should be listening to this as early as midnight of March the twenty first, right? That sounds right. Yeah. Is yeah. That correct? Yeah. So um that which awesome uh topical 
And, so, and as it worked out, even the show that's airing this week is uh, our guests happen to be nicknamed Shamrock, and it's it's the week of St. Yeah, Patrick's Day. So that's kind of fun. Which is spectacular. And that was great. Our our next show is going to feature a follow up episode, a follow up conversation with our our old pal Twinkie. Which, if any of this uh, cabin talk does not uh, ring familiar to you for some reason, go back a couple episodes to Cabin Kids Volume One to get the. Um, the backstory and um and Twinkie is going to talk with us about um the role of women in film as it's been sort of as he's been thinking about it having had two daughters so uh and that and it's national women's month or something like that but yeah. in any event yeah look take, listen to us like granted we're talking about 15 years ago but we're, <laughs> we're also somehow no that's okay <laughs> hey i mean i don't know you can't i don't know I'm very happy to talk about this time, especially because I didn't really realize parts of the story that you're telling me today. So, so I'm yeah. sorry, I interjected with the board chart thing that took us in another direction. And, uh, but you were saying, so that first night, that, that first, was the first night, night you got so- a 20 ounce, people were seizing upon that and you were cognizant of it at the time. Like, this is going to be my thing or no, it was later. just like it. Um, they were like, I, I I can't, I mean, of course it was so long ago. Like I can't yeah. remember the exact like wording of what was being said, but if I'm, if I'm representing it correctly, this, the, the main gist of it boiled down to where did you go? I went back into town, which is a 10 minute drive. Oh, you drove 10 minutes. What'd you get? And I held, hold up a 20 ounce of Coca-Cola. That's all you got. Yeah. Oh, you must really like Coke. Like, and so then like, oh, he must like Coke so much. He drove like he drove all the way into town just to get a 20 ounce, you know, like I, I, in hindsight, I'm wondering if part of that was they were making fun. Like I, why didn't I bring a 12 pack for every, like, so then everybody could have Coke. (laughs) And then you tell him like, you knew we were coming out here. You knew we were coming out here. (laughs) You knew like we do this every week. Like. If you want something, bring it. That's what I do. <laughs> See, here's my 20 ounce of Coke. I can so specifically picture the sandwiches. It's like the white sandwich, Like in the little baggie. Yeah, oh and yeah. in the other pocket was always either an apple or a, ba- or a banana. Like a green apple or a banana. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, So, um... It, it's not that I was like, oh, this is going to be my thing now. First off, I'd like it was your I thing al- for real. <laughs> like you, you yeah, turn your already family in around. my head. Yeah. Like I was like, I just like Coca Cola. Like I don't, I, I don't know why that's something to just be like freak out <laughs> wild about. I like Coca Cola. Like I don't care that I drove. Like I was really thirsty. So to me, the ten minute drive was justified because I was that thirsty. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and so. Yeah, okay, but then just the attention, <laughs> the positive attention. I love I like one of my like absolute purest joys in life is to make somebody laugh. Yeah. And like the fact that they were that tickled about it, like I'm going to make sure I have a 20 ounce of coke with me the next time I go out to the mm-hmm. cabin, right? And then that's going to like, "Oh, he's got his 20 ounce of coke," you know, and like it just like builds on itself. And then all of a sudden it just becomes this like this group thing like it was just this like like you said it was it was everywhere yeah we uh, all know. we all adapted it thought it was cool it was a yeah it became a, a it was like another piece of, group of friends yeah, absolutely like a secret handshake or an inside joke like it was just 
There's no way that you can explain it unless you were a piece of that. It was also, yeah. it was a funny thing uh, in the Steve documentary as well. There's an interview with Thoreau who was definitely a part of that band, but not always around as much as some of the rest of us. And uh, someone else was doing the interviewing. It, it wasn't wasn't me or someone he knew. And he goes, I like the fact, he says, he's he's smoking and looking cool doing it, by the way, because smoking yeah. is badass. Yeah. <laughs> uh, He's like, I like the fact that I can drink Pepsi and be accepted in this group. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. He's totally a Pepsi guy, too. He is, yeah. Way. And we had a Pepsi machine at, at WCTV where we recorded Palmer's Pick, so you'd have to bring your own Coke. I remember that, yeah. too. <laughs> you couldn't yep. just get one there. Nope. You, <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. And you I, were going like, there. It permeated, though... In just that summer, it permeated so deep into like into my persona that I would flat out not, I would not drink Pepsi. It wasn't. It was just a matter of Prince. I can't drink Pepsi because I would be, I would be letting not just myself but like all of the all of the cabin people down because like that's who I am. That's right. I drink Coke. You know <laughs> that's who and, I am. Yeah, and I mean I know that sounds silly, but that's just. That's that what makes, it is. I mean, you're, it makes you're sense. young, you're yeah. young, stupid high school kids. What do you expect? You know? So, so, but that, but yeah, so that was, that was introduced on that night and became a big part of your life. And today you were craving it something fierce, but you had told me that you'd been kind of Bad. off Coke for, for a while in terms of just like not. Yeah. I went through, uh, I mean, probably for a long time, actually, uh, this, I mean, this is going to sound outrageous. Look, I, I'm even. I'm even he hesitant. It, th that was so ingrained. I'm even hesitant to admit this to a, a cabin kid. But like, I drank Pepsi for a long time. Oh, know? after that, uh, it was like you put yeah, like, you put the Coke away in a closet, and you're like, this this is who I am now. No, no, <laughs> it's just like it just the like the flavor tasted good. I I feel like I burnt myself out on Coke, uh, and I went through a long Mountain Dew period. But just recently, probably in the last eight months or whatever, I really started to get a taste for Coca-Cola again, and it really started to taste good. I mean, Fountain Coke, man, if you can find the right fountain that's got the, like, extra fizz <laughs> and just, like, just a hair over the right amount of syrup, and uh, so it's just a little too sweet, but really, really, really super fizzy, that... I could drink gallons of that. I can just, just, just gallons of it. Now, have you had the, cause in recent years they've been making it with real sugar again, or at least in select packaging, maybe it's a little bottles or something. Have you had that or had the different? Yeah. Oh yeah. Can you taste the difference had... between the real sugar and whatever the other stuff is supposed to be? No, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure there are scientists that would love to debate this with me, but at the end of the day, our body processes glucose, so it doesn't matter really what sugar we take in. It's going to just convert it to glucose so that yeah. it can then use it. So, um, I don't know. I mean, sugar is sugar. Sweet is sweet is sweet to me. So, yeah, you don't actually taste the No, the I don't. I've never. I mean, I do in the, uh, like the Mountain Dew throwback, the one that has the real sugar in it. But some of those, too, use beet sugar, which, I mean, maybe beet sugar tastes different. 
Oh, I never even heard of that before. That's yeah. a, a sort of a substitute or a, a, an ostensibly more healthy option or something? Well, it's just not cane sugar. Um, oh. I, uh, I think sugar, a lot of sugar comes from beets, actually. You would be surprised. But Huh. I did have Mountain Dew, like, um, through her job, sometimes the bride has young people over to our house once a, it's once a year, uh, around yeah. uh, December. And, uh, we get a bunch of pizzas from Pizza Hut and, and sodas that we don't normally get. And, uh, w- there was Mountain Dew and I had some. And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> this is fucking amazing. <laughs> it's I had so in years. Good. And I was like, yeah, it's wow. so good, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Didn't you just want to grab a kayak and like parachute into a river <laughs> yeah. while you chugged it? <laughs> Something. Oh. I, I was, it was so good. Uh, so, yeah, I could, I definitely oh, man, understand. Mountain Dew is understand. so, it is delicious. Like, I am actually a huge fan too of Mellow Yellow, like the Coca Cola oh, yeah. Yellow Version, Pop. Yeah. Uh, man, that in tanks the bar that Ash and I had our first date at that is in our neighborhood. Uh, oh, is it still in your neighborhood where you live yeah. now? Oh, oh yeah, that's still great. in our neighborhood. Oh, I didn't realize that. Uh, we live actually; it's the same landlord and the same building where she lived when we met. Oh, oh, okay. So, yeah. Um, I mean, same building attached by a catwalk, so. One of these days we'll have to uh, we'll have to get because you have a great story, an engagement story, and there's a wonderful visual component to it. Maybe the next time we get her on for uh, uh, a Palmer's pick, maybe in April, once you can watch movies again, <laughs> we could yeah. get into some of that. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, that would be. Uh, she's al- always she is always anxious to tell that story. Oh, really? Um, and oh, I am too. And I am too. So. That's great. That would be wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Nice recovery. Thank goodness. <laughs> Man, I almost let that one. Oh, oh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. But, so, um, but you have been abstaining from so many things and I'm sure it's taking a, uh, physical toll, the results, <laughs> emotional, uh, um, Effects yes. as well. Plus, I mean, uh, you have had to deal with your going through your your folks, your dad's house, your stepmom's things, and and uh, yeah, that's got to bring up a lot of stuff, um, which you don't have yeah. to talk about if you don't want. But I just mean to put it in some context, <laughs> like, oh no, I mean, this is an epic yeah, the, month for you in terms of, yeah. uh, I don't know how I don't know how What's you can really be doing funny, well to be honest. Like What's really way. funny is is like I feel fantastic as far as like once I got over the hump. I think the last time we recorded was I was still like really I was just angry all like every evening I would come home and just be cuz like I was detoxing still from like sugar and gluten and all that stuff like working its way out of my system. And now that it's like, now that it's officially, it's pretty much out of my system and I have been just eating whole foods pretty much since, you know, I haven't broken any of the rules consciously, right? Like I haven't had dairy, I haven't had gluten, I haven't had, uh, I haven't had any lentils, no added sugar. Like those are the major rules. So what if, what have you been eating? (laughs) Tons of vegetables, some fruit, 
and protein. Uh, you can have anything you want as long as there's no added. Sh- it doesn't fall into one of those food categories. So lentils, dairy, or gluten. Grains is oh, probably, yeah. you know. Uh, so you think that that takes all oats, all wheat, all, you know, flour, pasta, that's all gone. All uh, lentils, so that includes any beans, as well as peanuts. So no peanut butter, because peanuts are technically a lentil, not a nut. Oh, I didn't realize that. That sucks. (laughs) Um, No dairy, so no cheese, no cream for my coffee, which we talked about, the black coffee. that sucks. Still tastes like Satan's taint, by the way. It still is not... Satan's taint. That's what it Maybe tastes like. Episode title. Yeah. Satan's Except taint. for we get us fucking kicked off iTunes again, but we- Yeah, sons of bitches. At least they put us back on. At least they were cool yeah. about it. Oh, I, I feel I like I had we to couldn't beg. get that again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was uh yeah, we got booted off iTunes just a little sidebar to a sidebar. Yeah. Because of so the word. If you have to resubscribe we- on iTunes, we apologize. What I, what, I mean, what I found is that it didn't like the so I'm guessing, like, I know Twinkie listens on iTunes, and if uh-huh. he's kept up with it, um, you know, so, and, and I was subscribed on iTunes, so I got the an email about something being rejected, but then I looked at my feed and everything was fine. So I was like, oh, it okay. must have been, must have been like a little technical glitch, because it didn't, anyway, but then, but then I realized uh, through something, th- through something else, I was trying to figure out how to rate and review, which... If you, if you would, please, if you're listening to this, even if you don't use iTunes, if you go to iTunes, search Long Walk Short Drink and give us, you know, a good rating star wise. And if you would write a review, even if it's like two words, that would be amazing. We're yes, working please. our way towards a, um, a Stephen King book club. And we're going to start with The Dead Zone, which has not been available on um, book audio book since... Uh, Palmer procured like a tape from some point, but it's about to be at the end of April. So I thought that'd be a good yeah. time to launch this book club. And Did they say we, who's reading it. Is it walking oh, reading it? Oh my God. Oh. No, I don't know if they've said, uh, but it does say like for the first time on audio book and everything. But the thing is, if we can get some ratings and reviews, uh, we might be able to get a sponsorship through audible, which is like a, a, a distributor of, of, on, of like digital oh, audio books. Yeah. And, um, we could offer a code that would allow people to get the dead zone for free. Oh, is dead zone being offered through audible? It will be. I was pre-order. Yeah. Oh, audible offers most audiobooks. And when I was trying to find this, I found it on a pre-order for Barnes and Noble or so. it looks as though it's going to be on audible right away. And if we're able to get this sponsorship, then we can offer, you know, it to our listeners for free, which otherwise it's like 30 oh, bucks or something. That would be spectacular. And then so, we could we yeah. could totally sit there and uh, all do the book club together, which yeah. would be great, I, and uh, which is something you're definitely going to want to be a part of, fellow listeners. So get those reviews on iTunes. Uh, so we can get the Audible subscription. That'll get you the free book download once we can get that Audible sponsorship, not subscription. Sorry. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. It would be a subscription to Audible, and then you could listen to all kinds of stuff as we go forward. Right. But, yeah, so it, in order to so do you that, get a though, free book 
with yeah. a code that we'll be able to give you once we have yeah. that. And but we have to get this. the re- reviews for that to be a, a right. thing. So all you have to do is go search, go to iTunes on your phone. It's an, a separate app uh, for podcasts. Search Long Walk Short Drink, subscribe. What the hell? Hit five stars <laughs> and, and write a review. And otherwise, you can do it on your uh, computer as well. So, so for two, please do that so we can give you free things. And um, yeah, so, uh, but uh, you were, yeah, you were talking about what you are allowed to eat. I actually just myself had a, my second appointment with a nutritionist the, uh, this week. And yeah. um, <laughs> it was, it was, uh, yeah. It's interesting, I guess, because, you, you know, you hear different things about prescribing different things. And ultimately, it comes down to your own unique sort of is physiology, right. the right right word, perhaps. And you have to kind of yeah. find what's right yeah. f- for you. Um, and so I had been doing I had read some books and just with knowing my own body growing up, I grew up very thin. And then as as our groomer friends adopted a, a high Coke diet <laughs> and, and Rittman got a Burger King <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I was working second shift. Uh, you know, I, I put on some, some weight, uh, and then I st- realized that, you know, don't go to Burger King every day and maybe don't drink Coke all the time. And, um, but so that so changes a little. Fucking good. I would <laughs> yeah. give anything for a fucking Whopper right now. Oh, cheese. Yeah. Oh, uh, and bacon, bacon, yeah, bacon tastes good. I can't even have Pork bacon because it's got because a lot of bacon's cured with uh sugar. What? Oh my god, how much longer yeah. does this tyranny last to the end till, of the month? <laughs> April, listen, 1st. I, I told till yeah, the 30th, uh, 30 days. Oh, it's a short we month, started, is that right? Is it we started on March 1st and then we go until the 30th? Oh, okay. It's not a short month. So at midnight of the thirty first, like in the like at at the stroke of midnight, (laughs) at the end of March thirtieth, I will be done with this. And I told Ash, I don't care. I'm going to brew a cup of coffee, (laughs) and I'm putting three tablespoons of whipped cream in (laughs) of whipping cream. Oh, it's a Thursday night. In a coffee, yeah. That's Twinkie's birthday too. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, Thursday the thirtieth. And the bride's dad too. Are we recording next Tuesday with him? Yeah. This coming, yeah, this coming Tuesday, like less than a week yeah. from now. Um, oh, that's awesome! When this is airing, oh, when this goes Twinkie's live, we week. will be. Re- What's that? It, uh, it'll be airing. I think this will be airing during his birthday week. No, his episode maybe. Ooh. The no, because this episode's going up on the twenty first. That's when we're recording with Twinkie. While we're recording, oh, yeah. while we're recording Twinkie's episode, you'll be listening to this conversation. So just think, <laughs> one week from you hearing this, my voice right now, you'll get to hear Twinkie again. So make sure you come back. Oh, for a long, I can't long, wait. Short drink. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was about to say during you know to have our conversation about women in film, and right now the background on my computer because it changes every minute. Mm-hmm. Is like the most like curvy, gratuitous Harley Quinn I've ever seen, in my, and that's saying something because that's like part of her character. How do you get anything done? I don't know. It's just like side boob and oh my god, it's awesome. It's just awesome. Uh, so, but so you yeah, can't have any of that crap. And you say you actually do feel kind of kind of good for I the most part I feel fantastic. Physically? Like really? once I got over the detox portion, like 
And now she even said, she's like, I've been reading these blogs with on these people and they were talking about how like they just want to kill people. Yeah. Like for the first like 10 days. I'm like, yeah, okay. And there was a week, a solid week, where it was as soon as Ash and I saw each other, as soon as like the other came into your our periphery, we were at each other's fucking throats. Hmm. I mean, just like, and then that lasted for like a week straight, and then boom, totally fine, back to normal. And then it was like now, ever since then, for the second week, then to now, it's just been, it's just been like getting better every day, like feeling okay, right? Oh, that's good. Uh, even to the point that the black coffee does not taste as bad, you know, like, and I, I, I by no means would want to compare what I'm doing which is good for me to a person who was stranded at sea, but the compare, like all, all of the, a lot of the stories that I have heard of people that are indeed stranded at sea for one circumstance or another in desperate, well, and it, it doesn't even have to be stranded at sea, but in, in desperate points of starvation or, um, low access to calories and nutrients the human mind will like like men stranded at sea talk about catching fish and after a while get to the point where they will throw the they'll use the fillets what we would eat for a dinner like the side of the fish they would use that for bait to catch more fish so that they could continue to eat the innards of the fish because oh. This eyeball, like eyeballs are high in like uh, vitamin A and like all of these different innards are like, they're better in nutrients than just the filet of the, of the fish, which is just protein. Hmm. And so, uh, they would start to crave those things. Like they would, they would start to, uh, want to, they would find themselves willing to eat things they would normally eat. That's probably the best way to say it. And not even so, because they, they, it's not like they crave the taste, but they somehow crave the nutrients that ultimately were yeah, found so there. Whether so they their knew body was actually, I mean, it's the same thing with, um, it, it, it's your brain just tricking you into saying that, oh, that's good. That's a, you know, a double cheeseburger. So you, you should eat that even though it's an eyeball. <laughs> you know <laughs> like, <laughs> that, I, I, something tells me that's going to be one of the clips at the beginning of the show that Moto picks <laughs> I like he picked in one of the last ones how I ate all the crackers in the house you <laughs> should uh, eat all the crackers on the 30th <laughs> uh, that's awesome we gotta so, have pizza on the 30th too course i can't because lent's not over i gave that up for lent oh is that 40 days yeah fucking so jesus that... literally well not literally yeah. fucking jesus but thanks jesus for that yeah so that's at easter easter weekend like the, wow oh or whenever man. lent's over i don't know i'm not catholic yeah i literally so. don't know when it's over and i asked ash and it's one of the ones they like 
they kind of fly loose with one of the rules they fly. There's not many of them that they do, but most of them center around obligations <laughs> that they want to either get out of or into early. So, uh, <laughs> this happens to be one of them. I was like, what day does Lent end? And she's like, some people do it like the fr- <laughs> like good Friday. Some people do it Easter Sunday. Some people do it the Saturday before Easter. And I'm like, well, so like, whatever we day of the week, it depends on how many days of the weekend they want to get back into the, all the shit they gave up. She's like, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> oh, man. I'm like, okay, awesome. So. Well, while we're talking about things you've given up, do you have, um, how about your smoking stats? Oh, yeah. We can talk about that. That's so probably got to be among the, the, the lesser of the difficulties at this point. Or is it? Is oh, it still yeah. Kind no. Of a- um, well, no. It's, it, I mean, it's just normal. It's just now it's just becoming normal routine that it just pops into my head and I just as quickly like brush it off and disregard it. Oh, is that the same? Man, are, are, terrible are you... yawn. Yeah, I'm really excited to be here, folks. I'm so <laughs> glad. Thank you for listening. Well, the but... man can't eat anything, <laughs> drink anything. It's, he's having to like, sort it, it through it. His... It's literally, I can, <laughs> every meal I eat. There's nothing between me eating it and the meal leaving my body. So in two hours, this is, man, this is a <laughs> lot of information. <laughs> so for breakfast, I had eggs like this breakfast casserole. Cause you can have potatoes like those. Really? Like that's one of the weird things. Like it's not starch you have to give up. It's that surprises me. gluten and and grains. So you can't have rice and you can't have pasta, but potatoes are okay because they're a whole food, right? Mm-hmm. And so Ash, the last two weeks has made this like breakfast casserole that we could just like kind of cut a wedge off of every morning for breakfast. And it was quick and not, you don't have to think about it and you don't have to make anything. Yeah. So I've been eating that. I'll, I'll take a piece of that and I'll heat it up when I get to work because I can't eat it while I'm driving down the highway, of course. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, I'll heat it up at work and I'll put some Franks on it, which Franks is just like cayenne pepper and vinegar and water. So hmm. there's and salt. So there's that one's totally okay to use. Uh, you can have processed foods as long as you can pronounce the name. So like even... Even if like, even if you happen to come to town and like, oh, let's go to dinner. Like I could go to a restaurant and I could find something to eat. Yeah. You know, off the menu. So, um, so what was I saying? That's twice uh, now. Jeez. Oh, that's all right. It's uh well breakfast. Um, oh yeah. So, oh yeah. So what I was saying was like, this is the full disclosure uh, oh yeah. So this morning I get to work and uh I had I had my my breakfast casserole with Franks on it. And like 2 hours later, I go to the bathroom to pee and I fart like while I'm in the bathroom and like it smells like Franks. Like it was like ready, like it was oh, already yeah. ready, <laughs> yeah. like I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, just stay in there a little while. You need as many calories as you can get right now. Like, 
but I know I've lost weight. Uh, that would be a that would be that's going to be the fun one. Like one of the things with this thing is you're not supposed to weigh yourself the whole thirty days. So, oh, yeah. So that, that it's kind of like the all your hard work. This is why it was hard is because now look at like the results. So I'm just me and we have after this weekend, we have two more weeks, two more solid weeks. And I actually know it's two weeks from today is the oh, last yeah. day. Yeah. So, oh, that's going to be so great. Um, <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> uh, the last thing, though, I like. I, I'm glad that I'm waiting until the end of Lent to have pizza though. Cause the last thing I want to do is the whole point of this is to like, uh, try to eliminate as much inflammation from your body as possible so that you can actually make oh. diagnoses of that's, I mean, that's why Ash is doing it is cause yeah. her endocrinologist is trying to figure out what's causing her thyroid problem. Right. So, uh, the last thing you want to do, and, and and I mean, I can kind of on the side, amateurly, I can kind of make these observations myself where I can slowly re-add things to find out if any of the things like cause irritations or mm -hmm. cause, you know, I might have a dairy intolerance or might have a gluten intolerance. Mm. Uh, it would be absolutely devastating to find out either one of those that oh. I could never have pasta or I mean, I know, I know. There's pasta that I can eat. All you glu like <laughs> gluten-free people about to like, but you know, you know, just as much as I do that if you could have the gluten, you would eat regular pasta and not that gluten-free crap. Oh so. yeah, I have a coworker who's gluten, uh, or she's intolerant, and uh -huh. we were in this uh, workshop about something else altogether, about kind of issues of inclusivity, and um, I wish I could think what it is. Uh, the I don't know the proper nomenclature, but kind of cultural competency type stuff where you right. talk about, um, and and I learned stuff in that workshop like you know it's not not the greatest thing to say lame like lame sort of whatever could hurt someone's feelings. Right. I was like oh shit I right. never thought of that, but a lot of the way that you kind of help internalize those things or realize that they're offensive or hurtful is by example and people telling you. So she use this unique example in the exercise of being uh, feeling marginalized in events and stuff because of her, her allergy and, you know, people right. make stuff and they want you to taste it, but you can and stuff. And she said, I'll never forget it because she's like, sometimes I, you know, I just, I don't remember what, Oh, I hear, I said, I never forget it, but I forget the exact words, but it's something to do with being, you know, she wanting to eat that stuff or feeling so bad that she can't, that it makes her cry. And I was like, Oh no, you know, it's like now I will forever be much more sensitive to that because I have right. a human face and emotion to kind of hang, hang that on. But, uh, yeah, no, that is, that is hard. <laughs> Those are some of the, you know, if, if they're, if Conan was real and they're like, what is best in life? He would say like carbohydrates. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Yes, and then maybe Jeez. to crush your enemies, <laughs> and then crush your enemies. Yes. So my no, like oh my gosh, cheese. Like <laughs> I, uh, I'll have to send. I'm going to send you this picture because you'll want to put it on Twitter. Oh, I can't wait. Uh, I'm, I'm sure. Uh, that's LWSD Pod at 
Very nicely done. Uh, yes, what, sir. Oh, no. At LWSD pod on Twitter. Um, I, I just want to make sure there's nothing incriminating. Oh, and there's the Carrie Fisher in the gold bikini uh, <laughs> in the waves picture. Have you seen that from no. the Rolling Stone? I'm, I'm sure you've seen that. Well, I mean, are you, you? No, I don't know that I have actually. I don't see things. I I was realizing when I was she getting passed away, up. though this 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 was floating around. Me, no, I don't. No, no, I don't see these things. Um, oh so, man, tweet Carrie. Fisher. And then oh, <laughs> and I'm going to send you this. I made this meme too. The one the oh, one I'm no. about to send you. I, I'm going to see if it gets a, a chuckle out of you. Oh no, I hadn't seen that. Her in the waves. When is that from? Uh, she shot, she did a, a pictorial with Rolling Stone when In what year? Return of the Jedi I, came out. And really? so they've, yeah, oh, so wow. that was like, she was on the cover. Wow. That's royalty. <laughs> oh, <laughs> how do I feel on day 15 of the whole 30? Great. <laughs> That's my terrible joker. <laughs> no, that's awesome. That's pretty good. This is making me crazy because this this next picture. I just, that's a... I just want to see. I just want to make sure there's nothing incriminating before it because this is my actual. It's that you can't see anything. So this is. Uh, on the 15th day of the whole 30, my halfway mark, I came into work. The, the 15th day happened to be the birthday and anniversary celebration on my team day. And so this picture, this next picture of all these amazing, I'll read the names. There was a pan of brownies. Peanut butter chocolate heaven. That's the name of it. And cinnamon streusel's coffee cake. God damn it. That those were rough. those were in my cube. They were attached to my cube. But I almost I it took every fiber of my being not to attack the woman sitting next to. There was one of those like black foam trays of cheese slices, pre-cut oh, cheese slices. No. And I was like, I want to eat that whole fucking tray of cheese. <laughs> like the whole thing. And not shit for a week, but it would be worth it. Like Oh, oh man. man. I'm with you. Yeah. I feel that way not being deprived of these things. <laughs> like, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Oh no. Why what? Why would they do this? What was, why would they do this to you? What was the occasion again? It's the, so it talking about office tolerance, uh, you, you can't celebrate. You either have to celebrate everybody's birthdays and anniversary or nobody's birthday. And, anniversary. Uh. and I've worked at both places, right? Where I've worked at some places where it's like, you just don't acknowledge birthdays and, anniversaries and then i worked at other places like this one where you do and one of the easier ways to do it is you just whatever the like each month you celebrate all the people on the same day because then you'd have to like 
in an office environment, especially, I, I mean, I'm, you've worked in cubicle farms before. So like, Oh yeah. Well, only once, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, e- even in my video producer job, somehow I ended up in a cube farm. It was very yeah. odd. But you, you end up where you like, Oh, it's so-and-so's birthday. I'll bring in the soda. I'll bring in the cups. I'll bring in the chips. Well, if you did that for like every person each day, not even like thinking about the people that might get excluded and no, and nothing would happen and then they'd feel left out. But there could be f- five to 10 birthdays in one month from the t- on the team and you're not going to bring shit in for each one of those people. So you just have one day where you celebrate everybody. Yeah. Um, and per, that's per what month? this was. It's per, per month. month. Yeah. So that's oh, wow. 12 times a year. I got to deal with this shit now. Like this. Wow. This that food. Is, that's a whole 30 or no, that's, that's tough. That is yeah. very tough. So especially when they're all like, and I love it. I mean, I, this is like, I should have been Italian and like, uh, <laughs> because like, they're all these, they're all these motherly figures and they're all like oh you should eat something you do it here eat 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 go eat go eat did you eat have you eaten anything yet oh you got to eat something you know i'm like i'm not picky like obviously like i'm not wasting away so uh yeah did you ever make it as far into the office probably not it's pretty late in the run where they do a thing about that exactly the issue you're talking about in the, in the, in the american office that's oh no! Funny. Yeah, <laughs> no. I wonder because that's. I think that's still on Netflix. Maybe I can find because that's TV. You could watch TV, right? Oh yeah, you could actually, relate to I, that. Perhaps. Actually, we watched. Uh, um, this would be my Palmer's Digs. Oh, because uh, it was a really good show. Uh, can we? Yeah. What is it? Jump into those. Uh, let's. Uh, so right now I'm. Di- uh, I'm digging. We finished it. It's the it, the first season of uh, People of Earth. Oh, I haven't TBS. even heard of that. No, it's, I haven't even heard of that. It really is just this ensemble cast of really quirky people where they're all in this alien abduction support group in this small town in northern New York, like close to Schenectady. And, uh, and just the goings on, but there actually is an alien conspiracy. So like as one of the side plots, the three aliens, uh, all have their shit going on while the support group is going on. And, and it's just this like humdrum existence for the aliens that are like orbiting earth and doing these like terrible experiments on human beings. And, uh, so it, but it, it was one of those shows where, like ah let's try this and then we did and it like the humor is just like really i don't know it's just it's that dry kind of humor it's good though oh cool yeah yeah that's that's news to me i i have learned to not that i didn't before but i've learned i'm learning more and more to trust you on these things i sent you that text today um because during my my lunch break uh i was i went to our I went to our YouTube page, which I maintain, <laughs> which yeah. has a, a playlist uh, of the videos that we mentioned on the show, going back to the first one. And it's pretty, for the most part, it's in order. And um, and so I there's some that I haven't seen. And the ones, the two that I watched today were your pick for last week, which was the uh, video on millennials. It was kind of an animated thing, yeah. which I thought was yeah. really well done. And um 
So, and then it's a they, really good lecture. And I never, yeah. I just liked it because I had never, I love it when I have a feeling that I can't articulate. And then I finally hear somebody else. One, it's like, it's redeeming to hear say, oh, somebody else also feels that way. Yes. But then it's so refreshing to finally hear it articulated in a way that makes sense that other people then can put their finger on it and be like yes that's exactly what i've been feeling yeah yep and i didn't know how to say it but you're right that's what it is and that like that was one of those videos that when i watched it i was just like because the title is Something like it's like a generation of weakness or something. It was yeah, and I'm just like, oh, this is going to be one of those like they're just ripping on millennial videos, you know. And so that's and that's what I was anticipating when I watched it when I started it. Not that 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 was something that I would like or not like. It just that's what I expected based on the the screen cap. But then it was really good. So sorry to cut you off. Oh no, yeah, that's that's yeah, that's that. It was a. Yeah, and I I watched it because it was on our list, and you recommended it, and I hadn't got around to it yet, and uh, and I knew we'd be talking, especially thought so I thought it'd be good to be able to refer to. But yeah, I really enjoyed that, and um, and then I was like, well, what else have I missed that's on this list? There's longer ones like the Game of Thrones author and Stephen King talking. That's like an hour right. that I've got to get to, but I had just a couple minutes, so I watched the Michael Shannon reading the sorority letter. Um, oh. And I was laughing out loud in my in my office. Thank God it's like there's nobody around this week. And I I you know, but, and because I was I'm like turning it down as he's screaming obscenities and stuff that was written yeah. by the sorority girl yeah. with his glass of scotch and his like very oppressive lighting. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I, it was like, so dramatic. Yeah. And it, and I, that glass of scotch that he had like holds up with the paper while yeah. he's reading it and like. I, I, everything about that video, which it's a professionally made video. Yes, yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's a funnier die. It's a funnier die, and it's starring Michael Shannon. So right. <laughs> you have a very like awesome actor <laughs> being produced by. Uh, so it's it, it's quality when you're watching. It's not just it's not one of those like hidden gem comedies on YouTube. This is like it's made to be funny. And this, when I looked it up, when that first broke. That went viral, and I guess that was a thing. There was a ton of people reading that email oh. and posting their their take on what it sounded like ah. on YouTube, and so they had Michael Shannon do it. But I think he won hands down. Like that's oh I can't imagine anything better. <laughs> it was so great. I, I, just like when it starts, and it's like fair warning. Like this video contains the phrase. Cunt, cunt punch, punch or something yeah, yeah. or cunt punt like, cunt punt meaning cunt like punch. a kick yeah like <laughs> yeah. like for the next the next bitch that does it, i will cunt punt the next bit and like the way he like says it yeah. and he just like got all the conviction that's oh, not even man. like the funniest line i mean i couldn't tell you what made me laugh the most but there are so many whoever that horrible girl is like she's pretty funny <laughs> yeah oh man unintentionally uh, funny though she didn't like she thought she was being like I don't know. <laughs> yeah, she was dressing. Yeah, she was. I, mean, I was intimidated for sure by the yeah. language. But so I mentioned that because I to I encourage people to um, if you're hearing this now or or kind of 
uh, you know, you hear the discussions. I listen to podcasts, and and so often, uh, and I could. It's very rare that I'll go and follow up on something someone mentions. But we're I'm we're doing all the work for you. So if 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 you want just like a place to go to see the picture we mentioned that I did the bad Joker impression of, or Carrie Fisher in the metal bikini in the ocean, or um, anything, uh, pictures that kind of stuff. Actually, all of it. You can go to the Twitter LWSD Pod and. Yep. Um, but if you go to our YouTube channel, if you just search Long Walk Short Drink on YouTube, the I've prioritized the playlist of things that are heard on the show. It's um And they go in order based on the episodes. Yeah, yeah. So it's almost like a visual you could almost do like listen to the episode and then have a visual to go along, like the those read-along records. Do you remember those? Oh like the, yeah. You do the like, like the, the little sound the, effect the to books turn the page. That had like the 45. <laughs> It was a 33, but it was the size of a 45. How weird was that, right? That is weird. Uh, and, uh, but you would put that in and it would read the book to you. Oh, yeah. And it would yeah. beep when you were supposed to turn the page. That's oh, man. Awesome. That's cool stuff. Yeah. Such that's a awesome. great, yeah. That's one. Uh, but so, yeah, I, I, so I sent Palmer this text. I was like, while eating my, this is earlier today, while eating my lunch, I decided to try and catch up on the videos we mentioned on the show I haven't seen. I watched the Millennials piece and the Michael Shannon sorority letter reading, and holy the fuck did I enjoy them. <laughs> People like us should really listen to us and check these out. Their lives yeah. will be enriched. I know mine was. <laughs> absolutely. 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 So, so people listen to Palmer when he picks things. I don't, I actually, I'm not sure how you encounter them, but I encounter nothing as, as very little in terms of what is seemingly current. So like I'd never heard of people of the earth. I didn't see the Carrie Fisher thing. I'm finding that you're sort of my lifeline to this stuff and you're my, you're a filter to where I get only the stuff that I'm going to, that you would like, love. yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's a great deal for me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Um, uh. So similarly, um, I my my pick or I'm digging. Uh, I saw we saw Get Out, the that oh. horror movie. How fucking was that? Like I'm was, so excited to yeah. see that. Like so excited. I'm hoping, 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 hoping that it will still be playing in the um, second run theaters when Lent's over. I wouldn't be surprised if it's still around in first run theaters because I just I think it's doing well by word of mouth because it, yeah. it, it is really very cool and like not a movie I've seen before. Uh, it had like a hundred percent on Rotten Tomato. Like, did it really? I'm not surprised. It it it's um it really as you say with uh, before where like something taps into something that you think or feel but haven't hasn't quite been articulated in in that right. same way. Um, so it's uh. I think he calls it a social thriller or, oh, I'm not, I'm not I, I, And right. I saw that phrase. Is that right? Being, like something similar. If it wasn't that exact phrase, like something similar to that being tossed around with this movie. Um, I, uh, I, the exciting, I, I saw one blurb from an interview that he gave was that he has more social commentary genre movies to make. Like he has, yeah. this isn't the only, like, this is a, a social commentary horror movie. Um, I don't want to like, I, I, I would take that to mean uh, other genres beyond horror, but they are social commentary. So uh, I would be, 
I would I'm say excited to definitely see just sort of see it cold. I actually didn't know the bride was super excited to, to see it. She had heard him interviewed on the Nerdist podcast. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, she was like, I really want to see this movie. I had no idea what it was. And and knowing Jordan Peele as half of the comedy du- duo Key and Peele, I just figured it was a comedy. And then, uh, right. and I kind of like to not know stuff about movies and just go to them when I can. And so eventually I've, I, she was telling me that it was kind of a horror movie, but she so rarely expresses a specific and, and earnest interest to see like a movie in the theater like this. That's not like Harry Potter or something that I would know because of his, like, it's just kind of uncharacteristic of her to be like, let's go to see this horror movie. It's going to be, I really, right. want, she said, I really want to see it. So, um, yeah, we did. And I, it was, it was fantastic. And, uh, it is, yeah, I mean, I don't want to spoil anything. Uh, I would just encourage people to look it up. I think what I'll list on the Twitter, um, is, hmm, I'm a little torn because as much as I say, don't hear anything about it first, I would say after you see it, if you're intrigued to like, think about it more, hear what some of the motivating factors are, um, the the Nerdist podcast interview is great, um, um, but I just listened to just last night. I think it was published the uh, well for us when we're recording this. The Fresh Air, there's a Fresh Air interview with um, with Jordan Peele, and I I liked that one perhaps even more. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's it it gives you a lot to to think about, and it, and it makes you. I feel like it makes one of the things is it makes the, there is a smart protagonist. So it's, it, it just plays on so many horror movie tropes, but also real social kind of commentary on race that couldn't be made in quite as pointed a way or, or subtle in a weird way. It's both right. like hit you over the head with it. But I actually, at the same time, I think like it's what it is. It's showing you things that you're generally oblivious to it, but it's not like preachy. Um, it's really just like an exciting movie that makes, so it's got a smart protagonist and it's like, so this guy is not like, you know, the, the part of the joke of the title, it's like that people will be screaming at the, the character to get out of the situation. And, and, um, but he's not like stupid like that. Like the people in the eighties movies where you're like, get out, get out, get out. And then they wouldn't because they, they should know better, but don't. Um, right. It's not, it's not that, but, but I feel like, it gives you so much to catch on to as an audience member that you get to kind of feel smart that you're finding things or figuring it out. Maybe that's just me, but, uh, I, yeah, I really, I really enjoyed it. And I'm still thinking about it. I saw it a week ago and I've been really enjoying hearing him talk about it and really excited about whatever this guy is going to be putting out in the future. Um, I mean, he, he, he's, he's contributed playing to the culture just with part of Keen and, Keen and Peele. Um, now this whole new chapter in the guy's career is such a, uh, a nice yeah, thing well, for the rest of us. And there, um, the movie that came out, was that last year or the year before that Keanu that he also wrote? Oh, I didn't uh, know he wrote that. And I've, and I don't I actually know what it is did. though. I have heard the title. I won't claim Hang to on, that. Let me make sure. Because I, I know they star in it. I think they star in it at least. Uh, but let me see here. Jordan Peele. Keanu. Yeah, Jordan Peele was one of the co-writers on this. 
And this ended up like that was it was kind of a sleeper hit. Like everybody was kind of taken aback with how, like how well it did. Um, oh, and that's so an they, action I mean, comedy with out, the two of them. Oh, I'd be in for that. I yeah. didn't know that existed. <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, just really intelligent stuff, and just I'm I'm really excited for it. And that that actor, the the main character, I was looking it up while you were talking because I just wanted to be sure. Uh, Daniel, uh, Kal- Kalua? Kalua? That sounds right. Yeah. From what the, uh, I heard in the interviews. Okay. Um, he is in an episode of a really good show that's on Netflix, uh, called Black Mirror. Oh yeah. I heard of that and I've heard of that show, but I have not watched yeah, it. Yeah. The show is fantastic. Uh, it's very Twilight Zoney. We'll talk about that in a second, but his episode is also really awesome and he's great in it. So uh, that's why when I saw him in the trailer, I was really excited because I distinctly remember his, like there's two seasons of Black Mirror on Netflix right now. So there's probably a good 16 to 20 episodes right now. And his is one of them that I, I have thought about multiple times since viewing it. Like it's just popped into my head and I've thought about it. So hmm. uh, I was excited when I saw him. So yeah, I'm, I'm glad to hear that that movie is good and I will definitely love to weigh in on it once. Um, once Lent's over. Yeah. <laughs> if you can see it, if you can see it with an audience, like we went on an afternoon and there weren't many people there. Um, yeah. <laughs> we were sitting next to um to uh I'm guessing it was like a mother daughter type thing. Yeah. Um <laughs> but they were talking kind of a lot as they were getting settled and stuff and we we're like, "Oh no, is it going to be like awkward?" And I'm I'm worried like is the the bride who is super, you know, vengeful <laughs> and uh confrontational. Gonna, yeah. Yeah. yeah, she can be. And I was like, oh no, is she going to start some shit with these women? <laughs> yeah. Um, it ended up being fine, but there was this moment where I kind of like, it's rare that I interact with people in during a movie that beyond her. And, uh, there was, a, there's not a lot of these, but there was a jump moment and I, you know, jumped and kind of spilled my popcorn. And it was just this kind of moment in the quiet room. I'm like, damn it. I was embarrassed. And they're kind of, it was, it was nice. It was nice to see with some people. Um, right. So right. I, I, I would encourage. So I almost wish we'd gone on an evening when the, the theater was full because it was just that kind of kind of movie. It um, lends itself to a communal experience. I think. Uh, awesome. What about I, I, definitely... I talked over your uh, or we kind of sidestepped your smoking stats. Do you have those around? Oh shit! Yeah, sorry. No, no, that's all right. Back to well, uh, yeah, we got we got the Palmer's picks and the Dave digs out. Uh, Smoking stats, so I have not been smoking for 255 days, 11 hours and 45 minutes. Uh, I've not smoked 4,343 cigarettes. Wow. And I've saved $1,303 even. That's pretty cool. <laughs> And then um, I've gained back 17 days on my life. Nice. Nice. So hit me with yeah. that screen grab, too. I like sharing those. I think that's. Yeah. 
I would imagine that's motivating for anyone out there trying to do the the same. Um, rock on with your bad self. You are, you're, yeah, you're crushing so it coming, at, uh, at abstention. Right yeah, now. we're coming up on a year. I Fourth oh, of July is a year, man. So. That's awesome. Yes, congratulations. Creeping towards it. Um, do you want to go out in a king corner, or do you want to got some some yeah. other stuff you want to talk about? No, let's 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 wrap up. I'm sorry, I don't got a lot of air in me tonight. No, that's okay. Uh, Shit, I I really enjoyed those Coke. <laughs> I've had oh, a, I've yeah, had a really nice story. really nice time. I hope hope you leave in a better place than you came. I, I know oh, I yeah, know I am absolutely. So. Well, I and I didn't I didn't start crying to say like or say like okay we can't use any of this or whatever. So that's positive. That's good. Uh, yeah. Um. Yeah, so let's totally do a king corner. So let's All roll right. in, Moto. Roll it. Honey. <laughs> Honey. Come Machine. on over here, oh, man. Asshole. <laughs> you got to say it all out your nose. Honey. All of it out your nose. You asshole. I'm actually putting my nose on the microphone to pick it up. Nice. Asshole. <laughs> um, so... All right, where are you at right now? Well, I have the the I've been kind of hanging on to my notes from having watched the Stand miniseries. Oh um, shit, I forgot to watch that. Yes. What's well, all right? I, I I think, you know, it's uh, just like the book, it's big. It's like you yeah. know, for for a movie, I feel I can't remember. I want to say it's 6 hours. It might be more than that. Yeah. Um, and there's and I But we I've, don't want to wait too long. We want it to still be kind of fresh in your mind and you not have to rewatch it. So Yeah, so um, I'll just I, 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 we'll just play off memory for the most in. part. And I have lots of yeah. notes, but I, I don't need to get through all of them. Um Yeah. But I I didn't so I'll just kind of pop off some and then you can hop in, I guess. Um all right. and uh, I'm kinda of, you know, I'm kinda of watching the the clock as well just to be reasonable but i there's some of the things that i did like is um it begins with a quote from t.s Eliot: this is the way the world ends not with a bang but with a whimper and then um shortly after like it opens with a needle drop like literally i think of don't fear the reaper which yeah. is so the, the, now the epigraph like of t.s Eliot, that's not from the the novel but the don't fear the reaper is like that's in the sort of precursor it's one of the few like in uh in the 78 version it's like a quote from jungle land springsteen uh which is awesome like i've been spending a lot of time with springsteen as well but it's nice to have the intersection in fact i think the fucking title comes from this quote so maybe i will read this quote real quick um all right but so there's like three quotes and the last one is don't fear the reaper so to have the the thing open with don't hear the fear the reaper that was off to a great start for me because i'm like oh shit you know this is this is the and stand, i remember bitch. like <laughs> i i that's one of my favorite classic rock songs and i'm pretty sure that this miniseries is why i like that song because it's very it fits perfect like with the beginning of this miniseries what the miniseries is about what the story of the stand is obviously don't fear the reaper Oh yeah, um, yeah. All that stuff. So, uh, and the quote from Jungle Land, where I'm pretty sure the thing takes its title, is uh, so. This is off the Born to Run album, which incidentally, so the same as we're working through the King catalog, I've started to work through the Bruce Springsteen catalog, 
through his autobiography. So like I'll read, okay. listen up. I read the book and I've gone through his work before, but I'm doing it in a kind of concerted way. And I never really locked into the Born to Run album. I love the song and Thunder Road, but so it's just a nice coincidence for me that this all lines up. But so the 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 very first sort of epigraph to of one of three, uh, other than Don't Fear the Reaper, that opens the stand, the book is outside the streets on fire in a real death waltz between what's flesh and fantasy. And the poets down here don't write nothing at all. They just stand back and let it all be. And in the quick of the night, they reach for their moment and try to make an honest stand and wind up wounded, not even dead, tonight in jungle land. That's the way it starts. So nice. I think that's the stand like that they're talking about. Anyway, so nice. the, those it was exciting, and I'm like, I'm over the credits. They're playing "Don't Fear the Reaper," and then that's when I see, which I didn't know, that the teleplay is by Stephen King. I was like, "Shit, that's amazing!" Yeah. <laughs> so my expectations started high based on that. <laughs> that's fair. Um, they did not <laughs> necessarily get met. I, like you had told me, it doesn't age particularly well. That. I did not think I would feel that way about it um, because I, I tend part of what I've enjoyed about going back in the Stephen King catalog is the sort of periodness of it um, from the seventies and the eighties and um, something about this having been produced in the mid early to mid nineties gave it a quality that wasn't what I think I, I, I had hoped. And I think part of that is because it is a book from the late seventies that ultimately, yeah, I got up to read, you know, sort of updated and restored in a, in the, what was it, like the late 80s, I guess, and then dates were changed. And then ultimately this t- miniseries happened in the early to mid 90s. But it kind of feels a little cheesy <laughs> overall. It, uh, and to be fair, it's a, it's made for TV. Yeah. That's the yeah. first thing network, to remember. Network TV probably, right? Network network TV, like primetime network TV. Yeah. You're not going to get in primetime 90s network television. You have to remember, like, the biggest television at that point in time was like Family Matters. <laughs> right. Right? Yeah. Like, right. yeah. Yeah. So you're not going to get away with a whole lot. I, and so... They and did get a, away with a whole lot, considering... <laughs> considering <laughs> yeah. that the biggest television is TGIF at the time, yeah. right? Did like, I hear that? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so that's one thing to consider. Another, Like, have you ever gone back and have you watched It? Like the It no, miniseries? That, that, that comes later, I guess. I don't oh, know okay. when that yeah. comes in the... I know up up next for me is Dead Zone, though I'm going to listen to Rage that you hooked me up with the Bachman novel yeah. first. Yeah, but when um, does it come along? Is that like in in his mid eighties? Uh, I think okay. Is yeah, and that's another big, huge, epic one that'll take you a while to get through, and it's as big as the Stand. I feel like oh shit, <laughs> okay, yeah. Is that one? Does that one kind of age better, or, or is it? Is because that's Tim Curry, right? The actual it. Tim Curry, it I think is still terrifying, but the rest of it is just dog shit. I mean, uh, it, 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 it's it's a it's the same '90s sitcom does not age well, right. or '90s miniseries does not age well 
feel to it. Um, so that's a bummer though. The one thing I would say, I don't know if I saw, I must have somehow, cause that's the only thing that explains it. If I somehow saw images vaguely of the Randall flag character and the guy that played him, but that is who I picked. That's pretty much how I pictured that character. When I read and listened to the book, it was uncanny. Like, yeah, that was, uh, that was kind of cool for me. Cause like he, he had just the right vibe about him where I was like, yeah, well, that's, and that's I, literally how I picture Randall flag. And I wonder how much of that production other than writing Stephen King had a hand in. And cause I feel like there were certain things that were preserved from the book like that, like the, like Randall flag, I feel like he, he is definitely one that they got right with the thing with the mini series, but it is, I, I like Gary Sinise a lot. Yeah. He did a pretty I, I did good too. job. I, like, uh, that was one of the other things I was going to mention. Like I really liked most all the stew stuff. Like, and I thought he was really strong. That was the same year he made Forrest Gump. Yeah. I mean, which is crazy, right? Like he goes from television to like the greatest block, like one of the yeah. biggest blockbusters of the nineties, right? Yeah. Of all time. One could argue. Lieutenant uh, Dan. <laughs> Lieutenant Dan. <laughs> ice cream. Lieutenant Dan. It's kind of funny because in the, in the stand, in the stand, you know, Stu falls and he's, he's kind of, there's a problem with his leg. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't think of that. Yeah, I wonder if he was like, wonder if Gary Steves was like, I want to play, I'm just going to play bum legs. So yeah. like characters with bum legs for the rest Being of my pigeonholed. life. Yeah. Pigeonholed into this. Hey, who's that guy that does a really good bum leg? Yeah. Sinise. Yeah. Right. Give me, get his agent on the line. We got a part for him. He really um, elevated like all of his scenes. Um, and yeah, and I was really at first, I really did not care for the casting of Rob Lowe as, uh, Nick Andrews. No, I, I was like, that is not at all what I pictured, but I, it was interesting that I, I did warm to him throughout. Like, yeah. uh, yeah, that's all I could. It's interesting. Cause like when I'm listening to the book and there's so many characters, I didn't know necessarily who the leads or heroes were. And right. so when you see the movie kind of characterization, then you always oh, like, okay, obviously Stu Redman is the, right. is the hero of this thing. And I did not like, Molly Ringwald cast as no. um, as Franny. That was a, a stretch. It made sense uh, to me when I thought about it. Because if you think about Franny was like this kind of big shot in a high school, no longer in high school, but still kind of carried that air, but like right. the sort of faded glory of, of being the, you know, not that she's prom queen, but that kind of deal. So I thought about it in that context, early 90s, um, Molly Ringwald, maybe coming off of her 80s kind of all-American girl in high school, would have made sure. some sense. It just sure. didn't really work for me. I pick, always pictured Fran as like uh, as as like the Fran from Dawn of the Dead, or um who was yeah. it? In uh who, who in uh Christine, maybe Debbie Allen, I think, from like Blowout, and uh and she played the bad the bad girl in Carrie, sorry. Kinda, so, uh, oh Sue. yeah, yeah, yeah! I know who you're talking I about. I pictured that kind of blonde vibe. Yeah, which I know that's like how we wrote Wendy and The Shining, and of course, you know, we get Shelley Duvall. And in any event, that was a d- disappointing. Uh, and then the, the other, the last sort of casting, main casting thing was, oh, two, K- Harold. That was tough for me. 
That is not how I pictured Harold Lauder. Like, yeah, I pictured Harold I, they Lauder went too as, hard with like the geeky. He he wasn't chubby at all. Yeah, that Harold that was a Lauder big was part of it be, in my mind. Yeah. Like, I think I pictured like a Eugene from The Walking Dead, or um, someone who. I wish I could think of that. I, I don't know the actor, and it's a kind of a small scene in in a late portion of Mad Max from like '79, where they go to this farm, and there's a there's a kind of a a, a big guy mentally slow. Picture him like of Lenny from Mice and Men or something. Like I, I would just that's not. Which Gary Sinise did the film adaptation of, course, of yeah. with uh, yeah. John Malkovich. I just thought of him as this kind of big hulking acneed. Um, awkward guy not a skinny kid right. i don't know that that didn't work for me um there and was similarly like i would have that... felt better in a way if like the actor that played tom cullen was harold lauder you know though he seemed yeah. way too old to be tom cullen anyway yeah i, I like i felt like he was the, the guy uh because that's Dauber from Coach. That's <laughs> yes, how I know him. Thank you, I yeah. don't know how yeah. I don't know how I was the like. That is exactly him. who I thought of him as. <laughs> yeah. Um Dauber. Well, first it's really funny because you're you're comparing the you went from the book to the miniseries, so you're saying that's not how I pictured this character. I had my childhood memory of this miniseries when I first read this book. Oh. So I pictured all of the, like I pictured Rob Lowe doing all of the things sure. that happens in the book. And, yeah. Um, and then and in my adulthood, when I went back to the stand after I had listened to it, like I did what you did essentially. Like I listened to the stand. I wasn't doing my chronology of Stephen King, but I just happened as I was just listening to audiobooks. I listened to the stand that made me want to watch the mini series. And when I did, I was like, I couldn't finish it. Like I, like I slept oh. through like the middle, like the middle act pretty much of the episodes or of the six hours. And, yeah. uh, it, and I was like, Oh, this is just not a good representation of the book, but I'm grateful that I had those. Cause those people did great in my head while I was reading the book or yeah. listening to it, you know, yeah. like, so, um, I was so like that, was with, that. The, with The Shining. Like I, by the time I listened to the book, I had the movie in my head, and I always heard right. how it wasn't, it wasn't the same, or it was very dissimilar. And events-wise, it's pretty. It's just I think that big distinction of because of the right. casting of Jack Nicholson, you don't get that sense of this guy unraveling. He sort of seems, right. he seems like a Unraveled hair's breadth away him. from yeah. from that already. There's a, and then I, when you <laughs> add all the other crazy Stanley Kubrick shit into it too, that doesn't help either. So. Yeah, so it's weird. I, I I have to maybe maybe I shouldn't have skipped it because I, I my my feeling is that it would felt it felt the same. Like I didn't get. I was like, okay, there's I no wasn't that monsters, too. But. I was I wasn't that too put off from the differences between the Shining movie and the Shining book. Like I remember listen when I listened to the Shining finally. And I was the same way. I had just my memory of the movie. Uh, but I remember hearing that Stephen King hated the adaptation of The Shining. And when yeah. I finally listened to the book, I was like, how did he hate it that much? There wasn't that much difference, you know? Like, so, uh, but yeah, back to, back to the stand. I, 
So the first one was I went the other way. Like I had seen the 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 miniseries and all of those people's faces were who I pictured. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. So, but it, it just, yeah, it, I don't know. I don't think it, I don't think it does the book justice. Like, and I know no. that's like a cliche thing to say about a book adaptation, but some Stephen King, in my opinion, has only had a handful of really powerful adaptations. Like ones where I'm, I'm like that lived up to the word, like that was worthy of the the book like that was it was that good and most of them come from frank darebon so oh that makes sense and i haven't gotten to any of those yet i'm excited yeah so i got those to look um, forward to I, yeah we're gonna have to do a shawshank episode too oh my god yeah because i i I'm mean like, listeners are just encountering like i have never seen that movie which always I inf- can't believe invariably that. makes I people cannot so believe angry because <laughs> And what's funny is, is that movie came out around the same time when we were finally starting to hang out, like as a group of people. And I feel like that movie circled around, like discussions about that movie circled around our friends. Yeah. And if I would have known you had never seen it, like that would have been, that definitely would have happened a lot sooner. Than yeah. That. I kind of wish it had then. Yeah. Yeah. There's lots oh, more so good. I could say about the, the stand adaptation, but I know we're kind of coming up against time and uh, maybe we'll even uh, come back to it. Or or maybe, um, you know, if we're going to have to put a pin in it or cap it, there's like a paragraph in the introduction to the book yeah. that Stephen King sort of addresses the idea of a forthcoming movie that I think sums up this sort of frustration with cast uh, in a great way. So maybe we okay, go, yeah, go, go ahead. out on this. Yeah. Um, so uh, so he says, I'm in, uh, this is in the uh, introduction. This is the end of the introduction to the, um, uh, it's dated October 24th, 1989. So for the restored version of The Stand. And he yeah. says, I wish I did a Stephen King like I do a Bruce Springsteen, but I can't. <laughs> uh, he says, I'm invariably asked if there's ever going to be a movie. The answer, by the way, is probably yes. Will it be a good one? I don't know. Bad or good, movies nearly always have a strange, diminishing effect on works of fantasy. Of course, there are exceptions. The Wizard of Oz is an example which springs immediately to mind. In discussions, people are willing to cast various roles endlessly. I've always thought Robert Duvall would make a splendid Randall Flagg, but I've heard people suggest uh, such people as Clint Eastwood, Bruce Dern, and Christopher Walken. They all sound good, just as Bruce Springsteen would seem to make an interesting Larry Underwood if he ever chose to try acting, and based on his videos, I think he would do very well, although my personal choice would be Marshall Crenshaw. But in the end, I think it's perhaps best for Stu, Glenn, Larry, Franny, Ralph, Tom Cullen, Lloyd, and that dark fellow to belong to the reader who will visualize them through the lens of imagination in a vivid and constantly changing way no camera can duplicate. Movies, after all, are only an illusion of motion compromise of thousands of still photographs. The imagination, however, moves with its own tidal flow. Films, even the best of them, freeze fiction. Anyone who has ever seen one flew over the cuckoo's nest and then read, then reads Ken Kesey's or, or Ken Kesey's novel will find it hard or impossible not to see Jack Nicholson's face on Randall Patrick Murphy. That's not necessarily bad, but it is limiting. 
The glory of a good tale is that it is limitless and fluid. A good tale belongs to each reader in its own particular way. Uh, so that 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 really summed it up. That's also how I, I, I also like to read novels of things I can picture from from movies. It, I, it's kind of fun to see the the film enriched in that way. Like you can see those actors play things out. But if you encounter right. the book first, you do have these kind of visual images that are not specific and are kind of fluid. And there's something nice about that. And then when they're kind of constrained into, you know, characterizations by whoever would, you know, get a movie made or sell tickets, it, it can can be great, but it can also not work necessarily so well. So right. Uh, what do you think of the that. trash can man? Let's. <gasps> that I, I, I loved. Gotta, oh, I will say I did like that. That That's, guy did a great job as yes. a trash can man, didn't he? That is not right. what I pictured for the trash can man. I also pictured. That's who I pictured the Mad Max guy. I wonder if I can find something and tweet that so you can see what I'm talking about. I had a different sort of. Uh, I didn't picture a thin guy like that, but I yeah. really did. He was. He's the guy. He's. Uh, he's Max Hedrum, right? He's, yeah. Oh but, yeah. But he was. Uh, he was perfect. There were lots of little things too. I loved like how everybody was kind of singing the Larry Underwood song a little bit under their breath, like it was in the air. Yeah. Even which, him, which they did, did a great job because that happens in the book too, where like it kind of just keeps popping up because it. And if you think about it, if the world. If the apocalypse happened right now, whatever pop songs right now, those would still be stuck in people's heads. They would still be, they would be the, like the immortal pop songs of this era, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. So, um, I I like that. I like, uh, the, my favorite Martian actor, like that guy did a great job. Who was that? Was he one of the older gentlemen? Yeah. He's the guy with the, with, um, Kojak with the oh yeah I loved him too I, yeah. I think he played uh, I liked a lot of those mine not minor roles but those older guys like yeah uh, I thought the Glenn Bateman was great too I don't know that actor's name uh, sorry but and then um, yeah shoot I can't remember he called him he called Glenn he called Stu East Texas but now I can't think of his name I thought yeah. he was terrific yeah there were yeah. certain castings that I did actually really appreciate. And um, you it's know, you get almost like a 50 50 balance. I feel like yeah. I feel like half of it is like spot on. And that's the best that you're going to be able to get with the primetime network miniseries. Yeah. And then the other half is just like, come on. Like, right. <laughs> this is yeah. so television. Like, it's like bad television. Come on. There was a, there was a couple like maximum overdrive kind of I I really loved a lot of the stuff that didn't have dialogue or scenes I will say that like there was another thing where all of the editions of the stand had um, sort of updates I won't get into too much about like the songs that they would reference changed a little bit from right. the 70s to the and they an inspired choice at the beginning I think part two they did the crowded house song don't dream it's over which is not from any of the books but it's just so perfect. They're really nice. And like, I don't remember the crow bird being kind of uh, a familiar of Randall flags in the books. I thought that was a really nice visual yeah, um, translation of that kind of dark, but omnipresent or sort of, uh, yeah, there was a Weren't lot of they, like cool visual stuff, but a lot of the dialogue was. was it, yeah, <laughs> like, it was like, I'm here's one from early on. I'm going to, I'm going to get someone to take their shirt off before I go home tonight. Says like a cop in the game. Yeah. <laughs> like, what does that mean? Well, and see, and here's the thing. That's because Stephen King. Stephen King writes like people. He he. 
he writes for or that's why his books i in my opinion translate so well to audiobooks because he writes them to be told aloud yeah so he they're they're written for an oral language that's why his dialogue is so powerful because it's literally how people would talk like there's no flowering up the language for the artistic purpose of literature he writes how his characters would talk i feel like the mini series they write for primetime television, which is a different... That's not how pe- people don't talk like that. Yeah. And then but they he, try to put them in these very human situations. Yeah. Talking he wrote like the, He wrote the teleplay. That's why at first when I... After those first oh, scenes, true. I was so yeah, excited. That's, geez, but yeah. that's some weird thing that happens to him evidently when he... Because the dialogue in his books is great, but somehow you yeah. get get him in the movies and you get like the Julie character from the drugstore. He's like, he's just a retard. He doesn't feel things the way we do. Yeah, and just like screaming and running. Oh, and, uh, <laughs> yeah. There was there was a few things where I was like, oh, this is from the guy who wrote Maximum Overdrive. <laughs> yep, yep, absolutely. In a way, I kind of like that. But I mean, overall, you know, there was more. I don't know. There was stuff I really did like, and I've mentioned, um, but there's there was a lot of stuff that didn't land so well, <laughs> and it's not necessarily the mental image that I would like to carry for a lot of those characters. That's um, why you hold on to the book, buddy. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And so maybe that's a maybe maybe the stand miniseries is a one timer. <laughs> oh, and I'd love the guy passed away recently. He played uh, Lloyd. And he was from Robocop, Miguel Ferrer. He was, I really oh, liked yeah. it. There are certain, there, the one, the people who are well cast, that really did add to, uh, that That I will carry with me in a positive way, listen to the book again. Um, wasn't the Mother Abigail makeup like really terrible? Yeah, it wasn't great. And there's this line with, she's like, here's another one of those ridiculous, like she's coming out of an outhouse. And she's like, yeah. Lord, those prunes sure did the trick. Talking to God like she does. And I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. We're gonna, you don't need to do that to Mother Abigail. <laughs> like, what the fuck is going on here? But there were, for, for, for all of that, there were like some inspired touches. And I think just to nail Randall Flagg, do you, did you like the Randall Flagg or, or would that be a, cause you've heard him I, I other he books and stuff. Yeah. I think he, I, and see, and I didn't want to spoil it, but, um, that is also the Randall flag that I have pictured the like from the mini series is the Randall flag that I've pictured that has popped up in other Stephen King books. So like yeah. when he is in those, I picture that Randall flag. And that, um, that works for you. Like you do like that. Yeah. Or? I think he was really well cast. I kind of like. I love that. Like main style of mullet that like yeah it it doesn't look like a mullet it looks like uh a a male tiger like a you know oh sure yeah you know like it looks that kind of hair and i don't know there's something badass about a jean jacket with a bunch of buttons and patches (laughs) all over it yeah it was just it was exact i mean it was i i really don't think i had honestly seen an image of him so that's yeah. what's so remarkable to me. Like that is how I pictured that guy. Yeah. I, like I couldn't quite picture a face because he's just referred to as the dark man and stuff. But he's so. But I, I. So what I would picture, I think, in that loose way in my mind, was essentially that silhouette of yeah. that frame. And I haven't. I couldn't. I couldn't tell you things I knew that actor from. So that was nice watching it. Where it's like, oh, this is just the the sort of vague mental image I had in my head 
with a human face on it that is not one that I'm like, oh, that's just the guy from Coach or, you know. So right. it really worked for me. And I, I guess if you could hit, if you can nail that and, and Stu and the trash came in, like there's, there's a lot to be said, I guess, for. I doing think it's worth watching well. if you enjoyed the book. It's worth watching. I, I, could you imagine watching that and not knowing the book, though? I think that would be it would be even more um, of a letdown. I think if oh, that was yeah, the without, only, yeah, if you're like just if catching it as a thing, like as a because movie on I TV. mean there are huge swath. That that's also too another reason why I don't like it is because it's yes, it's a six hour long miniseries. And that still is not anywhere near long enough, I think, to adapt this book. So it's like you have something as cataclysmic as the end of the world, essentially. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And all of the humanity that comes along with that. I almost like this would be a great reboot. Let's get a, a yeah. you know, like let's get a the stand series, not mini series. And let's do that book Walking Dead style. Yeah. That's what right, I, that's, right. I was feeling that a lot. And I know that they probably are working towards, I mean, trying to, I know there are efforts to make movies and stuff, but then I realized in a way that's like, you know, for all intent and purposes, Walking Dead kind of is the stand, you know, and that's yep. done, that's yep. done so well. I mean, it, early yep. in the run of our podcast, like that we started up a very difficult beginning to a season, but that show continues to be done so well. And explores a lot of the things that come up. In fact, they're the, the the kind of big bad, the guy at the bat. He's not supernatural like Negan, or his name is Negan, but not like the Randall Flag is supernatural. But the right. kind of uh, society of fear uh, that he's created, that Randall Flag creates, is something. I don't know. It just feels like as much as I would complain that there's not a good version of the Stand. It's like I actually sort of feel like the Walking Dead is, is. that. Yeah, yep. while being it's kind of its own thing, so so it doesn't have the baggage of the other. But yeah, right. so I mean th that is, I guess we sorry we went a little o over what we planned, but um, that's mostly what I had to to say about that. I mean, there's stuff stuff I missed, like you know, understandable things like combining the Rita character with Nadine for the Larry Underwood story and stuff. But right, um, yeah, it was. I'm glad I watched it. I'm glad I, you know, had the book firmly in mind first and had those experiences, so that it wasn't it didn't color it for me the way it, it did for you because I, I preferred some of my own casting. <laughs> um, oh no, that's and that's totally fair. Um, but I, uh, oh no, go ahead. No, I was just thinking about the next movie I have to watch of one of the adaptations, and it's The Dead Zone. <laughs> and that Oh, that's the walking one. Yeah. Yeah, the walking dude. But uh, uh I have we, seen that, but I don't remember it very well. So I'm we looking should forward save to that, that though for the end of the book club, though. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, no, no, I won't okay. watch it until I've read the yeah. until we've listened to the book. So yeah, again, so that we can help you get that book for free when it comes out on April twenty-fifth. <laughs> Please go to uh, to iTunes on your. Uh, if you have an iPhone, go to the podcasting app, search "Long Walk Short Drink," subscribe, hit the star, give us a five star, three star, four star, whatever you can. I think we need an average of a four star review to get the sponsorship. Um, so we need at free. least two of our three listeners to go in and give <laughs> yeah. us at least four stars. Yeah. Each, so both of you need to give us at least four stars, and then one of you will have an average. <laughs> but you can't just have one review; it has to be at least two, and they have to both be at least 
four stars. Yeah. Well, well yeah. then we need an average of the four star rating and at least one written review. So one of you is, is going to have to write. Oh, some yeah. More, have like, to write you a could review just be like, too. this rocks or yeah. something. Best but podcast ever. That'll do. I mean, that, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> and if you do awesome. this, we will be able to uh, get you in on the dead zone for free via Audible. Um, but if not, you're going to have to, I don't know. <laughs> Go to your library. That's what I, that's what I tried to do. Yeah. And then uh, now I realize I couldn't get it because it wasn't available. <laughs> or, you know, I mean, you could also read it. You could just oh, like, shit, buy yeah. the book and read it. Of course. It, yeah. yeah. Well, I do that so. too. That is actually, I, I buy those period yeah. versions and I do have um, my dead zone sitting on the shelf. I just haven't cracked so it. So real quick, I have two things for King Corner and then we'll, we'll oh, wrap yeah. it up. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Honey, come on over here, sugar buns. This machine just called me an asshole. So, first off, I'm really excited. Uh, so, what spawned my whole interest in Stephen King was the Dark Tower. Yeah. Uh, which is is what he calls his opus. It's seven books. It's and all of those books are tied to his other books in another way. It makes you. I always warn people if I'm like, yeah, Dark Tower is awesome. Just so you know, though, you'll want to read every single book that Stephen King. If you become a fan of Dark Tower you inadvertently become a fan of everything King wrote because all of those books in some way, you'll want to read them just to find the connections to the dark tower. Oh. And so um, I, it, in a blurb that came across Reddit today said that he has seen the dark tower movie and he likes it. Oh, um, that's exciting. So that's it's a single movie or is it going to well, be a Well, it's the first one. It's okay. going to be, I think it's going to be a movie and television show combination like they're Whoa, going to fill that's exciting. It, like backfill some of the stuff that doesn't fit into the movies with a television show that when this originally was proposed like it was going to be like the first movie and then a season of the show that would lead into the next movie which would lead into the next season of the television show and they huh. would just kind of volley back and forth that's um cool. <laughs> so uh, that was one. And then the other one was also dark tower related when we start. So we started cleaning out dad's house and I know I sent you a picture of this. Yeah. Uh, I found, I had given my dad, um, the last three dark tower books, um, as, Father's Day presents or just presents because they didn't all come out at Father's Day. They came out like throughout that one year uh, as hardcover. And then when I moved to Hawaii, he took my copies of the first four books because I had a major yard sale and sold everything off. And oh. I found all of those stacked together in the basement. Like they were so like all the hardcovers and my, and my four copies of the first four. And so I brought those home. Um, and then I had told Ash a month or so ago. I really love your how you're getting the like time accurate copies of the Stephen King books. Oh yeah, it's and, been a real joy for me. And uh I love the idea of that and having that collection and um I told Ash about that and she's like you don't read books. <laughs> I was like I read thank you I read lots of books she's like no you listen to lots of books you don't read books we don't need books 
And so then when I brought this, yeah. And so then when I brought the stack home, like I had four, the first four were just like mismatched paperbacks, right? Yeah. And then the I'm looking last, at them here; they're not even the same size. Yeah. Uh, and then the last three are these, like they all kind of are the same size. Their art, their I don't think their their cover art doesn't necessarily flow from one to the other. The, I love the. The, the way wolf? that Stephen King is written is the same on each of them. The way that his yeah. name is written large on the top is the same kind of treatment. Yeah, but uh, she's like, well, if you have hardcovers of those last three, then maybe mm. you should have hardcovers of the first four. <laughs> so I, I've since ordered hardcover editions oh, of, uh, yeah, of the first four books. So I'll have a nice hardcover set of my favorite series of books that's ever. great you know so that like seems like something you should have <laughs> i think that's a nice compromise too uh to like the whole you know because you could one go broke trying to collect so if you wanted to be a completist which i would be uh <laughs> of stephen king collections like just like rage for an example yeah like that would be that would could be thousands of dollars to try to get a copy of that yeah. right like you know so um, I think it's a nice compromise. So I'm excited to have like a full hardcover set. And some of those books I've never even read in the hardcover book. Like I've just all the way through, I've, I've, I've only listened to them. So, well, what I, what I often would do is cause yeah, I don't have time to, well, I don't make time to sit and, and, and read them like that, but I, I kind of just kind of keep it around. I used to just do it from the library, but with the Stephen King ones, I started to enjoy it so much. I and the library copies weren't necessarily of the time. Um, yeah, I just kind of you know I I'll listen to only so much of it per day, but then I'll kind of leaf through and find that place in in the book, and it just sort of I like to in my uh, iPhone I I will find that period. That's where it kind of started in a way. I would find a cover image from the original oh, hardcover yeah. and have that be what displays. I don't know. It's just fun. Yeah. I don't, I don't actually sit and read them, read them, but I, uh, I do just kind of check in with them and keep them around for that, that part of the component. Speaking of which as a tease for someday soon, I almost did it for today. Cause I wasn't sure how the show was going to go, but, um, I will film my opening, the physical component to, uh, not the actual events. I still have that envelope that says it's going to make a mess. Oh Yeah. Yeah, because there, there's a great picture of you on the Twitter right now from when I mentioned it. You're like, your eyes yeah. are on fire. Of like, yeah. what is that going to be? What is he going to tell me? So I figured I'd either do it live, like as we're talking and, you know, point my camera down and also film it. Or I'll do like a staged film when it kind of gets around to it. But uh, cool. Yeah. yeah it, I mean, there's something to be said to just being able to to hold something, even if the way you encounter it is an auditory one. I mean... Right. It's the argument right. for having a physical component to music as well. Except for books are sure. fucking like they didn't used to be audiobooks. There was only the actual thing. So for you to right. have have this set, that just seems like the way the the, the world should be. So I'm I'm very pleased to hear well, that you he re released <laughs> he re released all four of the first four in two thousand three when he released the last three books. So he released that, the last three in the same year? Yeah, he wrote all of them. He he waited until they were all done, and then they he oh, just okay. like put them out like six to eight months apart from me. Holy other. fuck, God, that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah, I can't talk anymore without spoiling. 
No, I might have to, especially with the movie coming out and stuff, maybe I'll have to jump ahead. Uh, that makes the crazy in me ache, but it might be worth it. <laughs> oh, it's so good. And I can tell you, though, like, while they're all connected to all of his other stories, they will not ruin any of his other stories. If anything, they would make the rest. It made the chronology of listening to Stephen King's work more fun because every time the dark tower connection would come up, I'd be like, Oh, there it is. Yeah. Like, Oh my gosh, that's so awesome. You know, oh, like, that's cool. So that's some, uh, like, that's an argument for jumping ahead and listening to the dark tower series. Um, and getting that, Oh man. So good. I'll definitely, I, that seems like a, we'll, we'll book, we'll book club it. Audible sponsorship or no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, all right. Well, I'm Palmer. I got to sign off. I got to go get something to eat. I'm yes, starving. So, like, Likewise. Um, yeah, vegetables and protein. So. <laughs> yeah. It's a mystery for me tonight. I'm not sure what, what I'll be able to find. But uh, Oh, awesome. Good, good on you for all this that you're sticking through and doing that for, for Ash and for yourself. I'll be counting down the days with you. <laughs> oh man, I can't wait. I can't wait. So but it was great fun to talk. Thanks for going a little over. And All right, buddy. Um, we'll we'll talk uh, next week. Yeah. No problem. We'll talk to you soon. All right, be well. All right, talk to you later. People like us should really listen to us and check these out. Their lives yeah. will be enriched. I know mine was. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely.